0: Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we have a fantastic guest that is gonna help us understand why our digital marketing strategy does not work now. And to help us up level our marketing strategies and connections with our own groups and tribes. I wanted to bring Jason Wright onto the podcast today because so many people I know are starting their own company, a side gig, you know, they're turning their passion into a business. And I always get asked about marketing. Uh, Jason is the founder and CEO of Intentionally Inspirational, a marketing automation company. And he is a top rated freelancer on Upwork and an active campaign certified consultant. And he knows a crapload about marketing. He teaches his clients and audience how to simplify their sales funnels while skyrocketing their results. So today... Well, uh Jason, I really want to welcome you to the podcast today. And I know all of your marketing stuff and and we're going to get into all of your marketing genius and all the stuff that you do. But before we get into that, I I personally like to know why why someone did something, why? You know, I'm I'm very much into, you know, what drove you to do what you do? What was there something that, you know, just pissed you off out in the world that's like that is just not the way to do it. That's not how you do it. That's, you know, what drove you to one, become an entrepreneur, but to start your company, I, it's a hard thing to do. And, and yeah. I'm always interested in what, what was the mindset? What was the process that drove you to do what you do? Yeah, it's a great question. It's funny because something did piss me off actually,
1: <laughs> but before I tell you the story, I got to tell you the backstory of the story a little bit. So when I was growing up from Indianapolis, I was on the west side of Indy, you know, back in the 80s, and uh, fishing was my thing, right? I loved fishing every day if I could. It was just uh, it was a lot of fun. I could do it alone. I could do it with friends. So I had quite a bit of tackle for a young man. And I remember my mom drawing a line in the sand saying, you have enough. No more lures, no more tackle. You're good. And I was <laughs> like, but I want more. Like, you need to find a way to generate some money then, because I'm I'm not buying anymore. You have like, more than anybody, right? So I was like, okay, what can I do to make money so that I can literally buy all the lures I want and all the rods and reels? So I started cutting grass, right? We lived in a cul-de-sac and in, within sight of my house, there was three yards that were always so overgrown. It looked like nobody lived there. And I knew the story, the people that lived there worked so much, they were never there. So when they came home, they slept, they didn't want to mow. So I went and knocked on their door and all of them knew me and all of them were like, yes, yeah. so I charged them 25 bucks a week Made 75 bucks a week. And for a 14 year old, that was a ton of money in the 90s to go and spend on lures. Like I was, it was great. So I got that taste in life early for making my own money. So then if I fast forward, I had a a landscaping business um, after high school and into college, and it grew and it it got, um, you know, it got to the point where I needed to grow it or shut it down because I was in school as well. And my wife and my parents and everybody I was listening to said, you need to finish school and get a degree because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And I'll be honest with you. And I've told them all this, too, but it never felt right. It felt like I was kind of faking it. I was like, God, I don't want to do this, you know. So I did it. And I was in HR for about seven years. And when I first got out of school, I was at my first company five years. And the next company a little less, next company a little less. And I was like, I know myself well enough. This isn't going to work. (laughs) <laughs> so how do I, how do I make the exit? You know, cause my wife was not on board and I worked for this guy that was, uh, had started a company, um, made a ton of money for himself and he could literally do whatever he wanted. So when I would see this guy and I would, you know, he'd travel all over the world and do whatever he wanted. I was like, I want control over my time. I said, if this guy can do it, I can do it you know, do I need to make 300 million bucks like this guy? That would be nice. But my biggest driver was I want control over my time. I don't like getting up early. I want to sleep in just simple things. Right. So I got angry and I was like, I know this guy, he's not smarter than me. And like, I can do this. So I've got to figure out a way to get out of corporate America and be able to control my time. So I became obsessed with it. Um, So that's really where it started. And the first exit was not good. It was a big failure. And got us in a really bad situation, but I was obsessed with what I just told you. Even my my wife would say, I want to support you, but what's the plan? I'd be like, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. <laughs> That's not a very strong selling point to your spouse. You know, the neighbors are teasing me. My kids are like, Dad, what are we doing? I'm like, you're just gonna have to trust me, but I can't tell you why.
0: you just gonna have to trust me. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, there's just something in you that that drives you that it is. Sometimes it's hard to you can't pinpoint what it is. And and yeah and making that pivot on you know going from a company to your own business that that is a tough yeah tough thing and yep. uh, yeah and and part of that to me really part of that uh pivot is learning how to market yourself learn how to get the word out of how you can help somebody you know how you can yep. you know cuz to me marketing's all you know, you're way, way, way more uh, knowledgeable in marketing. But for me, the simplest thing is, you know, how can I portray how I'm going to help someone? You know, what, what's in it for them uh, yep. and 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 not me? And and, and I, that's taken me years to learn. And I still don't know. I mean, I know nothing about marketing. I, I'm so happy to have you on here. I want to learn just as much as everyone, <laughs> everyone listening on on how can we do this? And I actually think this is bigger now than than ever before because everybody's starting to move into this, you know, side gig, this doing their own thing with uh, you know with the you know the coronavirus stuff. Is people are reevaluating what they want in life, and they're going to start looking at how they can start doing their own thing. And it all starts with you, you have to be able to market yourself and, and, and I'm not good at that, but to me in, in my brain, that's where a lot of things have to start. Absolutely. And what, you know, so what started you in, in the marketing?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was by accident, to be honest with you. So my first, I alluded to this a little bit. My first attempt when I, when I quit the job, I was making about 80,000 a year in HR I don't know where I came up with this, but I told my wife, I was like, I need, I need three months and I'll recover that income. Okay? I don't know where I came up with that, but it's crazy. I was like, we have enough savings for six months. Things will be fine. Uh, went and bought a luxury car with no job the next day. Another <laughs> horrible decision. And I was going to sell these neighborhood magazines, right? I believed in the company. I believed in the idea. I saw people who were successful. I was like, okay, they can do it. I can do this. It's just marketing neighborhoods, right? But when push came to shove, the thing that made me fail was I didn't want to fight because it wasn't my thing. Right. It was right. like, this isn't my baby. So I can't make myself care. Right. Um, so that really is where things kind of came unraveled. And then I came up with this, this name intentionally inspirational. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's going to be something. It's going to be something that affects our life. So I started writing blogs and I was kind of talking to other people in corporate america who were thinking about the side hustle and i was just encouraging people to go after what you want to do right and i could get people's i've always been able to get people's attention when i talk people listen and when i write people pay attention as well so i was like i don't know what i'm doing but for now i'm trying to share this blog this message and there was no money in it at all so i learned a little bit about marketing because i was like i want as many people to see this as possible so it's real basic stuff you know, going into LinkedIn groups and sharing stuff. And it was mostly organic. And then over time I was on Upwork and I saw somebody looking for a blogger and I saw somebody looking for a copywriter and I started landing some of these gigs and I was like, I can write, but I don't want to do this for a business, but at least I'm making some money. Like there's something there. And as I started to learn about click funnels and active campaign for myself, I started to understand what an email list was. I couldn't grow one then, but I knew what the value was. I started noticing on Upwork that, hey, instead of looking at these uh, writing jobs, there's people looking for the same thing I just figured out, and they're willing to pay pretty good money. Right. So I would say, I can set up a click funnel for you, and you know I would get a job, and I would get in there and realize I didn't know what the heck they wanted, and I would research it, and I'd put in the effort to educate myself, and maybe I'd underbid the job, but I would learn. I'd say, okay, I'm getting paid training in a way. So I kept doing that and I kept I kept making a little bit of money. And eventually I had a side business that, that was profitable. And it was like, hey, I've got something, but can I go full-time? Probably not. And uh, once I started to understand the bigger picture of sales funnels and how it's really three parts, traffic, front-end, and back-end, and that's it. Once I had that light bulb, I was like, I think there's a business here. And so I kind of backed into it by mistake. Right. Um I learned architecture platform specific first and then after working with enough people I started to understand strategy and it became fascinating to me and that's what I do full time now and it's it's going well it's a lot of fun and I get to impact people and make uh, great relationships too.
0: Oh that's great. Yeah to me uh, you know necessity really drives all of our inventions all of what we do is is based on our need and it's good to, it's, man it's great that you saw that You know, kind of the crap you were having to go through, uh, you know, could help many more people. And, you know, to me, as an entrepreneur, I think one of the biggest things that I had to learn was how to outsource things. I always grew up in in the way of if I can do it, I'm not going to go hire someone to do it. Uh, But I've learned two things in that is that outsource my stocks. Cause I don't, I don't know enough about the stock market and I lost a lot of money and then outsource the marketing because there's so much stuff going on that yeah. you just, I'm not the person for that. I, I, I'm not the person to do that. You know, so I, I, that's one of the biggest things I've had to learn is I've got to be able to outsource and as, and I think most entrepreneurs are the same. That's kind of why we became entrepreneurs because we like to do. You know, we like to get in there. We like to get dirty. We like to get our hands dirty and, and do things. But every one of us, we we come to a time where we have to learn to to outsource that. And and to me, marketing is definitely one of those things because you can you can go in and, and this is from experience. Go in and say, yeah, I'll, I'll run a few ads on Facebook. I'll do this. Next thing you know, you're a thousand dollars down and you you don't have shit. Yeah. Because you just, you're not, I'm not doing it correctly. I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Uh, what What are some of the biggest, I don't know, mistakes, fail? Uh, what do you see out there with people when you start bringing them in as client? What's What's the biggest failure that you're seeing people do? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I see a trend. People are in usually one of three
1: areas, right? They're, they've they either done nothing online and like COVID now makes them realize, hey, I need to do something because what do I do survive now and what do I do next time this happens? whether it's COVID or something else. Uh, Some people that have dabbled with a few things, but don't really know how to prioritize. And then you've got the guys and gals that have literally invested in every big name platform out there. They have everything, I have everything. They don't know what I should be doing and in what order. So you see this general state of uh, overwhelm um, and you see this general state of shame. It's really interesting that almost everybody I speak to, even if they're very successful financially, they feel ashamed that they don't have it figured out. And I always say, hey nobody has it figured out. Like it's normal. It's literally something that everybody says, but um, I'm going to simplify it for you. So marketing is just conversations with people, right? For anybody listening or watching, if you're married, when you met your spouse, I doubt you walked up and said, hi, I'm Jason. You want to get married? It'd be a little weird, right? If they said yes, well, maybe you have something different going on than me and my wife do, which is fine. But generally there is a, an introduction. There is a getting to know you phase, which involves, do I trust this person? Do I like them? Is there any value having them in my life? And, and, you know, if the relationship is good, it it keeps growing from there and it never stops. Marketing is the same way, right? We have the opportunity to build our audience, whether we're brick and mortar companies or online, and it's just building relationships, right? So people can be part of my audience. They may never become customers. That's okay. You'll have some of those. Some people will become customers, become raving fans and do your promoting for you. And a lot of people will fall in between. But you've got to know who you're trying to serve, right? I know that's basic, but a lot of people, even that are successful, I said, well, who are we targeting specifically? And they have no idea. Yeah. Well, you Everybody. know, uh, people, uh, people, that's all you got. So we got to figure out who are we targeting. And then another thing that's amazing is they don't know the basic customer journey. So i say, hey, Sean, if I'm going to become a customer of you and I just found out about you, what happens next? What should happen next? And they're like, I have no idea. Right. Like, okay, do they do they get on a call? Do they get on an email list? Like, what happens? So understanding that basic customer journey from awareness to a sale and then what happens then. A lot of people don't think beyond the sale. They want to make a sale and then they have no idea what to do to keep the relationship going. Right. So fundamentally, if you don't think about your marketing in those terms, I suggest doing so because it'll make it easier and more relatable for you. And if you start to focus on that,
0: it'll become more successful for you too. And most people, they just don't, they don't understand. Uh, they do, they they just want to make the sale and, and they don't think anything after or anything before. It's just, we're going to make a sale. And, and to me, I, I you just can't be successful at, at doing that. You just can't. How do you get started in like digital marketing? I mean, like what, what are some of the steps to really start start moving forward? You know, what's step one to, to kind of moving forward with uh, with digital marketing?
1: Yeah, so I'm a fan of content. You know, creating content is a good thing. And there's not one solution for everybody, right? People who hate video probably shouldn't focus on YouTube or TikTok, right? It's not, it's not going to make sense. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be something you find reasons to avoid. So whether it's social media podcasting, blogging videos, or a combination of the above, create content that your target demographic will find valuable, right? We spent years creating content and didn't really see any results for a long time. We made some tweaks and then it's, you know, becomes an SEO machine for you. People can find you through, uh, you know, Google and things like that. And it works really well. So creating content, uh, putting helpful stuff out there, even creating positive comments in Facebook books, Facebook groups, excuse me, your target demographic is, is a good practice. And then start building that email list. A lot of people are like, no, I want to do the website first. Then I want to focus on paid traffic. And I'll do that email list later. What they don't understand is email is actually the foundation of all your digital marketing. Absolutely. Your list is the only thing that you actually own and it is foundational. So if you avoid that, everything you're doing, you're wasting a
0: lot of time and money. Yeah, you're, you live and die by your list. You really do. You really do. And I yeah. I never really understood that until the last couple of years that that is really where it's your your list is is what you have. That That is you. That's your, you know, to me, you've got to continually find ways and through these marketing things, find ways to add people to your list. And for me, it's so I can start building that relationship with them. I mean, that's the yep. first step. That's asking them out on a date. You know, that's yep. getting them to hit. Hey, can I get your phone number? <laughs> So I can yeah. call you later. You know, that's, you know, that's kind of where, but yeah, the list is absolutely uh, foundational to to anything. Now you had mentioned kind of a customer avatar yeah. and, you know, who the target uh, customer is. And that's something that I know I struggle with. I've yeah. always struggled with, you know, I, like you said, I'm I'm the type that is, well, I want to sell to everybody. Yeah. You know, everybody's my customer, but we really can't be there. How? pinpoint accurate do you try getting your clients their customer avatar to i mean like how small i mean ages 20 through 22 male went to school in the south i mean how how detailed down do you try getting your customer avatars
1: yeah so the the more narrow the better but it's not an easy process and i'll tell you what i mean when i started i heard all the same stuff that i'm saying but it didn't make any sense to me because i'm like how do i know who's going to respond to this And the truth is you don't Right. So when I started working, it was entrepreneurs, okay? Entrepreneurs are going to want marketing. And as I started to work with people, as I started to pay attention to my analytics, I started getting more information. Okay, okay. So I'll tell you about my, my audience. I don't know why it's this way. It is what it is, right? It's 25 to 50 years old, 75% male, 25% female. That drives me crazy. I wish it was 50-50. I don't know what to do. My whole team's female. They create my content. So there's like a female mind behind it. I don't know why it's that way, but I know that with my ideal client, I know about what they make. I know you know, what they're doing with their business. They've got some things figured out. And the reason I learned all this is because I paid attention to the data. And after working with so many people, I go, oh, this person's another Brad or whatever. And the Brad guy gave me a horrible experience. That's just a made up name. And the red flags that I'm looking for are this and this. So You right. start to learn what to avoid. You know, When I'm talking to somebody in a new business call, which is 20 minutes, usually in the first five minutes, I know this person might be a fitter. There's absolutely no way. And I have no problem saying, hey, if I were you, I would do this. It's probably a better route, but I'm just not your person for it. Just not a good fit, which is fine. People still appreciate it. But uh, my point is here, my long-winded answer is saying, sometimes you don't have that clarity, but as you start to work with people, you'll figure it out, right? The one thing that the scariest moment I've ever had in business for myself is saying, oh no, I work more hours than ever and I don't know that it's really any better than it was in the corporate world. I feel like a prisoner in my own business. That's a terrible place to be. Right. So at some point you have to be like, the clients that give me problems, I don't want to work with this type of person anymore. Just say no or make your prices high enough that they can't afford it. All are good ideas, but eventually you will arrive to that point. And I think it's, it's safe to say that Sometimes that avatar will pivot, you know? Right. Um, COVID has made us pivot in some ways in our business very slightly, but sometimes just a slight turn makes all the difference in the world. So it's it's kind of a process and I think it's ongoing.
0: Yeah. And if you didn't look at your analytics and and you know, I kind of want to go into like how, how do you kind of do that? But if you don't go and you're and you're marketing to females 35 through 50, and your, you know, your actual audience is, you know, males 25 through 50, and you and you're sitting there marketing in your mind here's what i think that what they want you're you're kind of barking up the wrong tree yep. so, so how how do you look at your uh your analytics so what i do is i
1: look at google analytics and the facebook pixel you know once in a while i don't obsess about it because it doesn't change a whole lot to be honest with you but i just take a look at it and see who we're attracting and then the best use of our time and our focus is to say okay let's cater to who's paying attention right right It makes sense from a um, brand awareness, kind of a content marketing strategy. So that's what we do. And um, it's fascinating. Something I didn't mention earlier, I'm kind of jumping on a tangent here, but in addition to that email list, a great piggyback is a Facebook group, right? You hear lots of people talk about them, but a Facebook group and an email list together is one of the most intimate channels that i found to communicate with your audience. And if you get a person in one, get them to the other as quick as you can. It's a really powerful tandem, but... Um, a lot of times, especially with the group, you go live and you start actually talking to your audience. You know, they'll tell you stuff uh, and answer questions for you to help you figure it out. So that live feedback is also another piece to that kind of analytics equation of who your audience is.
0: Right, that's great. Uh, And there is a there is a difference between a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And oh yeah, yeah. So you you recommend always going with a Facebook group to me if you you're trying to build a community. So, uh, uh, you know, to me, a Facebook page is just, Hey, here's my, here's my crap here. Here's my brochure and yeah. and stuff where, you know, the Facebook group is, is really a community of people talking and interacting almost like a kind of like a virtual mastermind of, of, you know, like-minded, like-minded people. Uh, yeah, very how, different, but yeah, yeah. for sure. How, right. how do you, how do you, how do you grow your, uh, your facebook groups i mean what's what's one of the things you do to to grow that um so with facebook groups when i got started obviously i would
1: reach out to people and invite them to the group that i knew that i thought would benefit and then i would um actually run a five dollar a day engagement ad just to get people to like my page and then when, as soon as people liked my page i would invite them to like my group and that's how i got started with it i don't do that now at all uh, Facebook will actually, through their algorithms, recommend your group to other people joining groups like yours. And it's interesting because sometimes it comes in waves, you know, sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's heavy, right? It kind of, uh, it kind of fluctuates, but there's things you can do, um, yourself to help with that. And there's, uh, obviously Facebook will help you with that as well, but who knows what that algorithm looks like or how it
0: works. So you don't, uh, you don't engage them, uh, after they, and that's a big thing. I think that's a big piece that people either don't do or they don't realize or they don't I don't know when you make it's like introducing yourself when when you have that uh friend request or you you know someone likes your page communicating back to them I think is crucial don't just say okay I've got another one and and next you know next I think that yeah. you know making that relationship with them on on I know when people like on my stuff if if they if if I like someone's page and they reach out and say, "Hey, thanks. it's great having you here it's It's building that relationship. I'm much more in tune to listen to what they say on their group, but I will always pay attention more to people who are communicating with me it's yep. again it's it's almost like an acquaintance that that I know I've seen stuff and and a friend so I think that that really draws draws people in so you think Facebook groups is a I've noticed myself that Facebook has grown tremendously since uh since you know february march and the corona stuff i used to do a lot of stuff on instagram and and various other things but i'm i've personally noticed a huge increase on facebook engagement wise on on facebook yep i've got a a golf group that i have just for fun and that thing has exploded
1: this year because uh, where i live the golf course is never closed and north of I me and Andy, they did for a while. So um, golf in, in Indiana has been real popular this year. And uh, you know that's a group I've had for years, and it's been really quiet. And this year it's just blown up. So it's it's kind of fun. But it's uh, groups are cool because um, you know, like you say, being able to go live and being able to interact and have a little bit more control is uh, it's a big deal. So um, they're a lot of fun. They require a little bit of work. It's not much,
0: but you just have to be consistent, like anything else, you right? Know? On your marketing stuff, do you try staying up pretty much with like the technology and, you know, kind of the new things that are coming out within the different platforms? And I mean, is that part of the the digital marketing strategy? So I'm platform specific, or at least that's what I say. Um, The truth is I'm probably
1: good in 20 plus platforms, but I'm really, really strong in three. And I try to focus on platforms, not industries, which is backwards from what people tell you to do, because I became so good in three platforms that it just worked out that people would seek me out for one of those. So if if there's a need that I can't fill now and something new comes along, will I look at it. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff out there that does the same stuff. So you could have success with a lot of platforms. But what I find is somebody will come to me and say, hey, I need help with building a list, engaging people, making more sales. And I'm like, okay, we're going to use what I tell you to use because I'm an expert in these platforms and they don't question it. So I use my stack because I know what I'm good in and that's the best way I can serve my end customers as well. But if I wanted to drive myself crazy, I could probably do it in, you know, 50 different platforms. And there's just a lot of options out there. So I don't really try to keep up with everything. If there's something that catches my eye and the platforms I use, I'll pay attention, but it's, uh, it's exhausting. And I know why people are overwhelmed because it stuff changes all the time. You know, Facebook's business manager is probably the worst. It changes all the time. And it has for years and years and years. And even if you're in there weekly, you'll notice changes every two weeks. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming for the average person because stuff's never the same.
0: So, right. So what do you think's the best platform? Like to me, I could, I, I'm on a couple, but it, I, I can only pay attention to really one, you know, what? what is yep. the best platform that right now that you see for marketing? Is it Facebook? So Facebook addresses that front end piece, that traffic piece. Um,
1: for a marketing platform, I'm a big active campaign fan. I'm a, I'm a huge active campaign fan. I'm deeply ingrained with them. I've used them for years personally and for my clients. Um, and the reason why is because it's user friendly. It's very visual, allows you to do the email thing, the text thing, it integrates with all the other big platforms. And you can actually see the customer journey, right? It's it's just, it's very, very powerful, And if I was only going to buy one marketing platform, I would start there. Because like I said earlier, I believe that to be the foundation of everything. Then from there, you can use things like Facebook and other stuff to get people on your list. But if you have the extra capital, ClickFunnels is my platform of choice for that landing page, that front-end funnel builder, that piece that people see and experience. Right. ActiveCampaign needs to power it on the backside. Um, ClickFunnels has a program where you can do it on the back, but it's weak. And I've never been a fan and I probably never will be. So... I kind of use those two platforms as one super platform and then I develop a strategy for organic and for paid ads as it makes sense for myself and my clients as well. This is why we need to have you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly why we need to have you. And Uh, uh, so I've got to ask one question. How are, are you still upset? Are you still pissed off? Are you still seething that Peyton Manning came to my Broncos? I'm not. You know what?
1: Uh, I'm not. I was. Uh, you know, we all rooting for him here as well. When he won again, it was awesome. So, nah, I can't ever be mad at Peyton. I was a little confused by the Colts' decision, but um, I get it. You know, they got to try to make the the call with the bets and the odds, and like, you know, is he going to stay healthy in that thing? So, yeah, um, I get it. You know. Uh, but now I was happy to see Peyton go to the Broncos and do some damage there as well. So yeah. we're still huge Peyton fans here.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you have is, uh, how to create the perfect email, uh, welcome series. Yep. What, what is that? What What is that little, uh, program?
1: Yeah. So it's just, uh, basically it's email templates and it's an explainer video of me kind of walking you through what to do, but uh, most people don't do this, but it's foundational. So, if you have a lead magnet, if you have a value you're exchanging uh, for an email address and a first name, uh, what most people do is they say, "Hey, here's your ebook or whatever. Thanks." And then the people just sit in their email list and they're like, "What now?" Right? The welcome series is that getting to know you that we talked about earlier. Uh, the welcome series would start up, you know, a day later. Say, "This is who I am. Glad you're here. This is what you can expect from us. This is how you can connect with us further." Introduce the Facebook group, social channels, etc., and then you have the opportunity to give them more value over the days two and days three. So it's a it's a really nice first impression you can give to your um, your contacts, your audience, and it just helps with future engagement, sales, relationships, etc. So it's just a it's a really nice uh, secondary sequence in your your email
0: automations. Right. And that's uh, and, and one of the things that we're going to do for the listeners is uh, we're going to put all these links in the in the show notes. Uh, but that is uh, com, And that's something that you're giving away to to the listeners to go up and and get that. And to me, that that is very critical. And and I know I didn't do that for a long time. I would get people on my list and then not do anything with them. It just they would just sit there until my next promo. And then they would get another email. It might be two months later. And we just can't do that. I mean, we've got to nurture our connections, nurture our list and, and having something like that drawn out for us, you know, having those templates, I'm telling you that there's, there's so much value in that. And we have to do that. If we're going to grow our list and actually turn that list into potential customers, we've got to be able to, we've got to know how to nurture them. So we've got to have, you know, people like you on board to drive us. Because again, I would rather have five good people on my list than a thousand names that are just sitting out there. I could go and give away all kinds of stuff every day. Come and download this this ebook. Come and download, you know, the five greatest steps to leadership, you know, whatever it is. But if I don't have the knowledge or the team or the connections like you to go and actually do something with that list, it's all a mute point. I've just wasted, I've wasted my time. And if, the, and I've found if, if I, uh, then go and send them an email two months later, that's a dead, they're, they're no longer interested in, in what I do because I never, I never went and nurtured that, that connection.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah if you have a, a lead magnet, a welcome series, and then you actually send out regular comment to your email list or uh, content to your email list, you are 99% better off than most businesses. It's amazing how simple that is but nobody has it set up right. Yeah. Very rarely do I actually get into the back end of someone's account and go, "Hmm, I'm impressed." Usually it's a bunch of pieces of stuff, nothing works right and the end result is is not a good one for the the contact. So, Right. Boy, nope. I
0: tell you it's I have I have wasted so much time. I've wasted probably years and thousands and thousands of dollars trying to do this crap on my own. <laughs> and it's, i'm telling you it's not worth it that's that that is one of the biggest things i had to do is is learn hey i'm that's not me i've got to i've got to turn this over you know it's, yep. it's i've got to just go to this uh uh fantastic gift that you're giving people on these templates for for emails understand the value of what good marketing can do for you i mean it can it can either make you or break you it, it really can yep. you, you you can have the best idea the best everything but if you don't know how to market, you're you're going to waste either all your money and you're not going to be successful. It is. Yep. And I actually see things, I actually see crappy shit out there that is marketed very well and they do extremely well. So if you have a good product and you know how to market, I mean, you're going to be unstoppable. It's, yep. uh, you got to have both. Yeah. Anybody who is in entrepreneurship, anyone that's trying to, to sell anything or to, to produce anything, you, you really, you have to pay attention to this uh, because if you don't, you're, you're just not going to, you won't be very successful. And again, I know from experience from years of, (laughs) of not doing it right. (laughs) See, I'm, I'm, I'm great on what not to do. I don't, (laughs) I don't have the details on what to do, but I know what not to do based on, based on experience. But uh, thank you so much for being on the show and taking the time and, and really giving our listeners such a huge, huge value. It's uh, it's extremely important what you do, and uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, and uh, really happy to to get the invite, and I'm glad to be here, Sean.
0: Ah, thank you, and we will we will talk soon. All right, sounds great. Well, I really want to thank Jason for being on the show today. Uh, he had such great information, such valuable information to offer all of us. Be sure to go to the show notes of the podcast and see how you can get uh, the many ways you can get in touch with Jason through the website, Facebook, you know, Instagram, everything is up there in the show notes. Uh, Make sure you go and visit perfectmailsecrets.com. That's where you can go get your free email sequence uh, that we talked about in the podcast. And always remember that leaders are readers and there is some great links to books within the podcast or within the show notes uh, for a free book of Think and Grow Rich, a free Audible book, and there's a link to a very special 14-day challenge that I'm going to be kicking off next week. It is a 14-day challenge on Think and Grow Rich. You will learn 14 amazing tools and challenges that go along with Think and Grow Rich. But here's the big thing. When you do this challenge, you have the ability to feed 400 people through Feeding America. This is such a great opportunity for everybody to go do. You're going to grow and you're going to give. Until next week, always remember to think big and remember your future.